Welcome to the first ever episode of Did That Really Happen? I'm your host, Michael Clark. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And today we've got our special guest, my dad, BJ Clark. In fact, dad's actually the inspiration behind this because I've heard dad tell some stories before that I I used to think there's no way that that is a common thing. Our family just has bad luck. And then we started to go places with dad and I'd hear other preachers tell stories and I'd think, it's not just my dad anymore. (laughs) This just happens to people. And so we've heard stories over the years that just are mind-blowing to hear that I can't believe that happened to you. And so dad's got a lot of stories that he could tell, but he's not going to tell all of the stories that he could tell because obviously that just wouldn't be beneficial for anybody really. I was saying a moment ago, I feel like there's, oh, and we've heard this from pretty much every single guest we've had on, yes. all these stories that they can't tell. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's because we don't want to indict the guilty right. that might be listening right. and thinking, right. why is he telling that on right. a broadcast? It goes all over the world, scattered abroad. That's what I yeah. wanted. <laughs> My humiliation scattered right. abroad. But yeah, there are a few things that come to mind that uh, that we could talk about. Do you want me to go ahead with the first one? Absolutely. All right. Uh, I go down to stay at this family's home. They were so gracious to invite me into their home. But I noticed that when we get into the bedroom where I'm going to be staying, there is a scorpion on the wall. And then I look right above my bed and there is a gecko that's on the ceiling right above my bed. And I started thinking, you know, I have a breathing machine. What if when I'm sleeping in the middle of the night, that thing starts to try come down the tubing of my breathing machine? And so we go back out and sit down. I thought the gentleman would say, hey, you know, let me get rid of that scorpion for you. We go back out and sit down in the living room, and I started asking questions about He said, are you wanting me to go and get rid of that scorpion? I said, I would really appreciate it if you did. And so the gecko's still there. He said, we're not going to do anything to gecko. They're a family pet. Okay. So fine. I thought I'll just sleep with the gecko in my room and hope for the best. Well, Tuesday of that week, I was staying with them. I was getting ready to leave for the service that night, and I took one step, and I felt something squish under my foot. And I thought, oh, no, no, what is is that on the floor? I lifted up my foot, and there was the family pet. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, no, I just murdered the family pet. Uh, It was involuntary manslaughter or gecko slaughter, but uh, I've just... Oh, now what am I going to do? And so I thought, I can't just throw it in the trash. They'll probably see it. So I gave him a burial at sea. Uh, <laughs> blessed him down the commode and, uh, oh, you know, blessed him as he went. But, uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've never told them what happened to the family pet. I don't know if they know to this day what happened. Well, they're going to find out. They're going to find this broadcast and say that's what happened. Now I always wondered where he went. <laughs> hey, tell about the cows in the yard. That was that was something that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm a night owl, so it's not uncommon for me to be up at twenty to two in the evening. But I was up one night, and my wife was actually awake working on some of her classes for her degree and I heard a knock on the door at 20 till 2 and it was pretty firm rap on the door and it's usually not a good thing when somebody's knocking at your door at almost 2 in the morning 
So I stood up and looked over the glass, and there's a police officer standing out there. And I thought he was a police officer, but I was not sure. And so I said, sir, can I help you? And he said, are these your cows in the front yard? <laughs> now, we live on a busy street at the time, and it was not, you would not expect to be driving by and seeing cows grazing in the front yard where we were. And I said, uh, I don't own any cows. He said, well, can you come out here? I said, can you show me your badge? And he showed me his badge. And, and then we got out there, and he said, are these your cows in the front yard? And I said, I only asked you once if you were a police officer. <laughs> I said, these are not my cows. But I said, you know what? If we leave them there, I don't have to mow tomorrow because those cows are eating all the grass. But he said, sir. If we leave them there, they could wander into the road and be hit by a car and harm themselves or uh, the passengers of a car. I said, I was just kidding. You know? <laughs> his buddy showed up, and he had a sense of humor. He was laughing. I'm out there taking pictures of the cows in my front yard at 2002. And uh, the next day, I mowed the yard, and I was getting ready, getting cleaned up. And then my daughter came in. She said, Dad, there's a couple of cows in the front yard. I thought, they're back. Here we go again. <laughs> At same location, there were, my son came in from taking out the trash. He said, Dad, there's a couple of horses in the backyard. <laughs> I said, horses? We don't own horses. <laughs> Where did these horses come from? And so we go in the back, and there are the horses. But my little friend, Michael, here, who's on the podcast <laughs> oh, with boy. us, when he was about seven or eight years old, came running into me. And he said, Dad, there's a velociraptor in the backyard, and I'm not even kidding. And I said, there's not a velociraptor in the backyard. And so he said, yes, yes, you're coming. So I went out there, and it was an emu. <laughs> but, he, but he thought it was a velociraptor. Stand by that. <laughs> so he hadn't seen any of the movies about dinosaurs yet, I guess, to know the difference. But, uh, Need a little, uh, you know what one of our church members told me, though, about that? Because I talked to him. He owned a lot of livestock. Yeah. And he said, uh, don't worry. Those things, first thing they'll do is they'll peck your eyes out, and then they'll keep, they'll keep going from there, so you won't see anything that they do to you. That's funny. The same property that we lived on where that happened, when we first moved there, that property had been abandoned for a while. And so Michael, a little boy, wants to go out and explore the 10 acres of land that's on that property. He came running back in. He said, Dad, there's these men up in trees wearing orange vests yelling at me. Get out, get away, get out, get away. What we didn't know is <clears throat> during the time the land had been abandoned, the hunters were using it. <laughs> so <clears throat> there, he was running around messing up uh, their quiet. And so I had to go back there and say, hey, guys, I, I know you didn't know it, but we live here now, so can't hunt here anymore. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't get shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know this is this is funnier now than it would be the day that it happened, but I'm going to tell on myself because we've laughed a little bit about this now. But I had Jake and another friend over one day, and we had an old car at the top of the hill, and we were throwing rocks at the barn. And I threw one of the rocks, and I heard it hit the glass windshield in the back of the car. And like little boys, you know, we didn't realize right from wrong, so we decided to just keep going and keep throwing these rocks, aiming at the windshield. 
and uh, didn't tell my dad anything. Walked inside and uh, acted like we hadn't done nothing wrong after we had completely destroyed the back of this windshield. Dad says, I think I'm going to mow tomorrow. And I said, no, Dad, they said it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> well, I got a stay of execution, so to speak, because it rained for like three weeks uh, nonstop. And I came home from school. I noticed the fresh cut grass. And I tried to walk right upstairs <laughs> to my room. And, and Dad said, so... Was it cool when the glass shattered? <laughs> and he said, and it's like, want to get away? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, here's the thing. When I first saw the broken glass, I I looked inside and I saw a tree limb. And I thought, well, uh, storms blew that tree limb off and, and the wind just blew it right in and smashed this back window. But then I started looking a little more and I thought, well, there are little rocks in there. Did the, did the wind just pick up rocks and have them arbitrarily fly into the back of my car? Or wait a minute, this is not this is not a storm. I, I think it's funny, Michael. You said back when we didn't know right from right. wrong. Right. Like, right. Okay, I was going to think. Surely you didn't. Come on, Dad, don't, right don't punish to, me. To pummel. I'm starting to get mad again. I had forgiven you for this. I was ready to forget this. Behind. Now I'm starting to get mad. Again. Well, and then I found out later in life. Found out later in life, they were waiting to get that car to be stripped for parts for money, oh, and the damage that the rain yeah. did to that for raining that long. Oh, it, yeah. destroyed their chances for most of it. And so, so you owe them how I, much money now? Not only did I yeah. bust a windshield, but I also cost them even more money. Ladies and gentlemen, write him. Let him know you've heard and that you think he owes me. Let him know, oh, man. Now, we've, we have one other story I think that you were going to tell about what many people have probably known about you until recently. Oh, not, yeah. You weren't really able to wear a wedding ring. Right. And some people probably – I'd love to hear some of your interactions about that because I know that's <laughs> probably – people have asked you about that before. But And then the story of what happened that caused you to not be able to have a, a wedding ring for so long. Well, let me start there. In 1985, I was at a youth retreat getting ready to speak to some young people. But before that, we were having a slam dunk contest. Now, to to be fair, for those of you who know me, um, who know my current form of me, I was a skinny boy back then. In 1985, I was very skinny, and I could jump back then to make this story believable. Right now, I... I I just stand around and shoot three-pointers, and I don't go down on defense. <laughs> but back then, I could run and I could jump. So I was dunking and enjoying the contest we were having. And I made this one dunk, but I felt a little tug on my ring finger. And I reached my other hand up and grabbed the rim as I was descending because I was that far above the rim. I want that known on this podcast. As I was descending from this <laughs> elevation, I grabbed the rim with my right hand and extricated my left hand, and I could see bone. And I thought, that's not good. Yeah. I don't think it's supposed to look that what way. What was your first clue? My <laughs> ring was all discombobulated oh. and contorted on my finger. <sighs> they went and got my wife and... Uh, we got in a car. There's a preacher friend of mine named uh, Van Van Sant who was there at that youth retreat, and he drove me to the emergency room, 
and his wife was about to pass out because of the loss of blood. My wife was about to freak out because this is our first, you know, we're newly married. Right. I'm injured, <clears throat> and we were going so fast around these windy roads. I said, Van, you're going to kill everyone in this car, man. Stop. <laughs> and so I got to the emergency room, and the doctor walked in, said something she shouldn't have said uh, <laughs> as she looked at my finger. And said, what are we going to do? I said, I was hoping you would know the answer to that question. <laughs> I, I need help. So they got me in an ambulance to take me to St. Louis. And I started feeling sick to my stomach. The muffler on that thing, there was a hole in the floor. And the exhaust fumes from that muffler were coming up into the place where I was. <laughs> I was getting sick to my stomach. <laughs> Meanwhile, my wife is freaking out in the front seat as the car starts sputtering. The, this is an ambulance. It starts sputtering and bucking and bronking. And she said, is this thing going to make it? He said, I hope so. He said, he said, I had to change a carburetor on this thing yesterday, and I ain't never done that before. And so they got me there, had laser surgery, had severed an artery and scratched some nerves. And then they had to do the reconstructive surgery, and they took – skin from my the top of my middle finger and they cut it and they flapped it around and sewed it to my ring finger and i kid you not for two weeks i could touch my ring finger on the opposite side the hand side the, you know the palm side and i would feel it on the <laughs> so, finger uh, the my middle finger so weird because it was the nerve endings were still yeah. attached so i know i'm touching it here but i'm feeling it there <laughs> They finally cut it off, uh, not the finger, but the uh, the flap, and I've got hair growing right there on my finger, ring finger, <laughs> because it came from the knuckle of my uh, middle finger, and so I have, uh, for years, could not wear a ring, because if it was big enough to go over the knuckle, it would spin down here, but then I found out there were some, what they call bishop bumps, and it produced enough friction that I was able to wear the ring without it having to be uh, uh, just spinning around on my finger. I'm very proud to wear it again. Sure. Yeah, I know. I've, I've always wondered growing up, you know, uh, why he couldn't have one, and he explained the story. And I think it's really cool that there's an ability to actually have a ring that can fit yeah. over like that. And I've it's kind of been weird, though, when I've gone somewhere and watched Dad preach, I'm like, He's wearing a ring. That's, it's just not something I've been used to growing up because yeah. for the longest time he couldn't. Um, do you have any interactions of people where they'd ask you, you know, did you ever have somebody say, well, why won't you ever wear a ring? Anything of that nature? Not not to my face. I mean, yeah. They might have wondered about it, um, but it was just not something I could, could wear. But, yeah. um, they would sometimes notice when I was gesturing or when I put my hand down that I couldn't flatten that finger. Yeah. And uh, that it's pretty thick on the other side. But, you know, I'm blessed I didn't lose it. Yeah. And, sure. Uh, there were much worse injuries I could have suffered. That's true. I, I remember, um, <clears throat> and you, I, if you don't want to tell us, that's fine. Okay. <clears throat> I remember at, at Foundations one year, yeah. there was a, a, a camper <clears throat> who asked you about your first name right. and what it stood for. And you told them it stood for something and then they started laughing, and then yeah. you could you remember that? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Everybody wants to know what BJ stands for, so I'd tell them 
with a totally straight face. Um, <laughs> stands for Buford Johan, and I was named after my mother. <laughs> named after your mother? Your mother's name was Buford, you know? So they want to laugh. Right. And I'd wait for them to laugh, and they'd then I'd say, I was named after my mother. Are you mocking my mother's name? <laughs> and then I'd, after the uncomfortable moment, I'd say, I'm just teasing. <laughs> And when I was at college at Freed Hardeman, I was on the radio, and we had this contest, what does BJ stand for? And people sent in all these entries, the Bachelor of Jive, um, <laughs> Boogie Jaws was one of them, big, awesome. big Jerk was one of them. <laughs> but uh, it's really just Bradley Joseph, it's nothing embarrassing. So, kid in the, I was Brad Clark my first six grades, and then a kid in the seventh grade, Started calling me Beach because of my initials, and uh -huh. Beach turned into BJ. And my mom, even when she passed in 2016, she she really, never really called me Brad anymore. She always called me BJ. So, <laughs> guess it stuck. Yep, it did. There you go. Well, I know there's there's a lot more that could be told, and a lot more that should not be told, Amen, as, as is the case with almost all of our <laughs> our guests this summer. Uh, but we we wanted to do something like this because. The Bible is definitely important, and it is always going to be our first and, and foremost focus. But there's there's times to laugh. That's in the sure. book of Ecclesiastes. There sure. is a time where laughter is good. And um, I'm glad that we have an opportunity to talk to preachers about the things that have happened to them. And one of the things that we've talked about doing that maybe you'd be interested in, maybe you don't want to be on the show and you don't want to actually tell it yourself, but you'd like to submit it in and one of us read it, uh, we'd be happy to do that so long as it's appropriate, so long as it's something we could read on the air and something that does not involve names of people or we'll just change them. But, you know, anonymity is something we're probably looking for in that. So if you're interested in doing something like that, of course, you can check the show notes and find our email address, thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. But, uh, Dad, we're, we're glad that you've been on the podcast today and also on Tuesday. If you missed the episode on cancel culture, Good time to go back and look at that. Definitely. If you've missed season one of all of the Scattered Abroad shows, it's a great time to go check up on that because there is no other weekly content from our hosts right now until August. And so you've got a great opportunity to go and listen to the shows that have happened over the course of January through May of this year. And as we're recording this, it's actually our last week of season one. Right. And so we're glad that we have the opportunity to do this work and the support that we've been able to get from both you as the listeners and those that have helped us get this off the ground. We're thankful uh, to have this opportunity to kind of let our hosts relax this summer and record these episodes that can still come out and provide some content. But dad, is there anything you want to say before we go? No. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No. Thank you guys. And as I told you earlier, you guys keep up the good work. I'm really proud of what you guys are doing. I know your parents are proud of you, too, both of you. Well, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it very much. Mm -hmm. Well, if there's nothing else from you, Caleb. I'm good. All right. Well, until next time. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are 
scattered abroad. May God bless you.